Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it again. I'm back at it again, huh? I'm back at it. Salutes to everybody listening, everybody watching. Man, it is so much to, you know, talk about with this New York Jets football team right now. A lot to discuss. Training camp continues on. We've made moves uh, since the last show. There's been guys that have been added to the roster. There's also been some position changes as well we're going to discuss. We're also going to discuss Zach Wilson. You know, Zach Wilson has been, you know, doing his thing. He's had some ups, he's had some downs, but he's continuing for it. So salutes to all the savages in the chat as well. Uh, you know, we're going to go back and forth today. Again, lines are open, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Listen, it is time to get to it. Let me open up the show. I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. Again, salutes to all the savages. E-Man, Mac, salutes to y'all. Your boy is on iTunes, okay? I'm on iTunes, all right? Go on over to iTunes, search The Long Beach Joe Show, okay? Subscribe to that. Leave me some, uh, some ratings. Leave me a five-star rating. Leave me some feedback. Let me know what you folks think about what I'm doing here on the show. And, again, I want to thank and, uh, and let everybody know that I appreciate everyone that does do that. Really love the feedback. Really love, you know, hearing about how much you folks like the show or just your thoughts about, you know, what I'm doing over here. I really, really appreciate that. Listen, your boy is also – Live on YouTube, for those of you that don't know, you know, if you want to see this face, okay, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not a a cocky guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not arrogant or nothing like that. I'm just a regular guy. But there's a lot of people that say, hey, Joe, you know, you're looking good, man. Y'all hear you looking good, okay? And I appreciate those kind comments, you know. And uh, they say, hey, we really like what you're doing on YouTube. Your show's live. We have a lot of fun there. We be in the, in the chat with the Savages just going back and forth about the New York Jets and everything else. And I say, hey, you know, thank you for coming on by. So if you want to be a part of what we're doing here on YouTube, you want to watch the live shows, you want to see the content that we put together or that I put together over here, come on over to YouTube, type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. All right. Hit that subscribe button and hit that notification bell. So when I post content, y'all be in the know, you know, and then you get to see me. You know what I'm saying? You get to see me. A lot of people say, voice made for radio, face made for TV. I'm just saying. You know, I'm just saying. I'm not an arrogant guy. I'm just here. You know what I'm saying? Just respecting everybody and uh, going back and forth. So I appreciate everybody that does come on by and uh, subscribe and hit that notification bell and, you know, leaves comments and goes back and forth in the chat. Again, salute to everybody, all the savages, NYJetsFL, everybody. You know what I'm saying? So finally good to see you in here, too. Salutes to all of you. So. Uh, you can also follow me across my social media platforms as well. Uh, you can go on Twitter, uh, YoungJ000. That's my personal page. You can also follow the show's page at the Long Beach Joe at the Long Beach Joe. That's the show's page. We talk football. We talk about it all. So you know, we love going back and forth and having a good time. So you can check all of those things out, man. 
Now with that put beside us, man, listen, training camp continues on, and I am hyped, okay? <laughs> I'm fired up, and I'm hyped about what the New York Jets are doing. I'm excited about training camp as we continue to work through this process. And this is a situation where I look at it and I go, there's a couple things that I want to see out of camp, right? Of course you want to see the battles. You want to see, you know, who's made of what. You want to see the growth of the young guys and the flashes that they're going to give you. You know what I'm saying? You want to see where you're at with some of the veterans. But I want to see guys make it out of camp healthy, okay? Look, we've already seen some injuries, you know, go on around the NFL where guys may be out for the entire season, you know, some players that really are big-time players on certain teams. I want to see the New York Jets come into preseason, you know, healthy, Go come into camp healthy, leave camp healthy, go into preseason healthy, leave preseason healthy, and get out to this season fully healthy. We saw that we had those issues last season. We had a lot of guys that, you know, we ended up missing. I remember Elijah Moore had, you know, some time when he sat down because of a quad injury. Uh, which affected him as well going into the preseason. I remember Elijah Vera Tucker had an issue with his pectoral. That costed him some preseason games, too. We saw Quentin Williams go down with a foot injury uh, that costed him going into the season. We lost Carl Lawson uh, pretty early in the offseason, uh, and that costed him you know, the whole season. Even Gerard Davis, a guy who's not here anymore, but he was you know, one of our linebackers, that costed us going into the season. So there were so many guys, you know what I'm saying, that – you know, we missed because of injuries going on. So I'm, I'm just really hoping that the New York Jets can remain healthy going into, you know, as we continue throughout this offseason going into the season. That's one of the things that I think is one of the most important or the most important thing for us going forward. Um, the New York Jets have also made some moves. Toledo linebacker coach Pat Benstein is, you know, has left uh, the Toledo Rockets. And now he's joining the New York Jets coaching staff. He's going to be an offensive assistant. So it's exciting to hear, you know, we're getting another coach in the building. And, again, we've got some great coaches here already. You know, when you just look at, you know, Sulla, LaFleur, Albridge, those guys are amazing, especially a guy like Mike LaFleur, who for the first part of the season, a lot of Jets fans wanted him gone last season. But we saw as he continued on that that offense and his play calling is pretty solid, and he did a pretty good job. And, again, Robert Sulla, you know, has continued to show that he is a guy that is really going to ascend as a coach in this league. He's really doing a lot of things. And one of the things that I saw in training camp that really had me fired up about him was during a practice, he actually stopped the practice to huddle up the team because he didn't like their energy coming out of a water break. And he addressed it immediately, and the team responded to him. And they continued on and practiced with some good energy. And I know a lot of people look at that and they go, well, Joe, why does that matter much? That, you know, that's not a big deal. Oh, it is a big deal because how you practice is how you play, right? Uh, everyone hates Adam Gaze. Everyone hated him when he was here. Of course, he was awful. He was probably the worst Jets coach that ever, you know, was, had ever coached a football team. And when you look at the situation, there were players coming out during his tenure while he was here and talking about how the practices were awful. There were veteran guys coming out saying these practices are trash. They're not getting it's, – it's like a, everybody's just out there sleepwalking. Well, then we saw the product on the field turn out to be the same way. Guys just out there sleepwalking. Guys not getting things done. Sometimes guys didn't know their assignments. All kinds of things going on. So Sulla is breaking that mold. Here's a, we got this new guy in the building. 
who's completely changing the face of the franchise, and he's saying, listen, you're not going to come through here and sleepwalk through my practices. Pick up your energy, get to where you need to go, get there with speed, and get it done. Because, again, how you practice is how you play. That is setting a tone. When you set a tone for the football team, when you set a tone for, which you, for your expectations, when you set a tone with the players, guess what? They have nothing to do but respect you and follow your orders. That's you stepping up and being a leader of this New York Jets football team. That is huge for us because for so long we've had issues with coaching. We talk about the players. We talk about the talent. We talk about all that stuff. But the issues with coaching has been one of the biggest issues with the New York Jets, from bowls to gays. There's been a lot of issues here. And Sulla is changing that up, and he's saying, hey, if you don't practice with some energy, I'm going to let you know about it, and you need to pick it up. That's how you win in this league. And, again, he came from a winning organization there with the Niners. They put things together. And he's coming here, and he's changing what we're doing here. So, you know, I'm just excited about Robert Sulla, and I was so fired up to hear that because that was huge to me. And, again, you know what I'm saying, I, I really love what he's, what he's brought here, and I'm excited going forward with him. Even, you know, again, salutes to all the savages in the chat. NY Jets FL says LaFleur has a lot more pieces to work with this year. Yes, he does. He does. He has a lot more pieces to work with this year a lot more pieces, and one of the biggest pieces of this offense that I think is really going to continue going forward and getting better is Zach Wilson. We've seen Zach Wilson, you know, really step up his play as well as we continue to go through camp. This was a guy that kind of was up and down a little bit, you know. They were talking about a lot of things that he was going through out there, some struggles a little bit early. But as we continue to go through camp, right, and again, this is training camp. We're still putting things together. As we continued to go through camp, we saw him, what, start to really pick things up. Now, of course, the offense was moving, you know, throughout. He was definitely making some nice throws and putting the ball in the hands of guys, but it was the red zone where we would stall. And I think a lot of people look at that and they go, uh, why would, why would you stall in the red zone if the offense is just moving? Well, when you get into the red zone, that's shortening the field, right? There's a lot of things going on that are going on a lot faster than they normally would if you were trying to drive down the field from the 50. There's a lot less space. Bodies are compacted within there. So there are a lot of things going on. Guess what? As we continue forward, we started to see Zach Wilson started to really get things going, figure things out, and things started to work out in the red zone. He had a very good practice in the red zone, threw some nice TDs. We saw him hit Corey Davis, who's playing very well in camp. We'll get into that in a second. Garrett Wilson, he's hitting a lot of guys. We, man, he made this throw, all right, recently to Elijah Moore, it was a bomb down the field. Let me tell you something. This guy has an arm on him. He rolled out, launched it down the field, and was able to connect with Elijah Moore for a long bomb, right? And let me tell you something. That is good to see. That, to me, is really making me excited about the future of the New York Jets and what we're doing here because that connection – between Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson, that's the thing that we're looking at to continue for years to come. So I really like the way that Zach has continued to battle. Again, he's grinding through camp. He's figuring things out. He's still learning. He's preparing himself the best way that he can, right? We've seen him physically prepare himself. He hit the weight. He's mentally preparing himself. Now he's working through camp, getting back into the grind of things. And he's also building, again, chemistry with all the guys once again. We've also uh, continued forward, you know, Makai Becton. <laughs> Makai Becton, for those of you that don't know, moved to that right side. He's now right tackle. Uh, this, this happened, you know, way after our last show. 
Uh, Beckton has been moved to the right tackle spot. There was no competition. We all know, you know, the coaches sat down and said, hey, you know, we're not going to have any competition. We're going to keep Fant at left tackle. We're going to put Makai Beckton at right tackle. We don't want these guys switching positions throughout the, you know, throughout the offseason. We're just going to set it and leave it where it is, right? Now, Makai, as we continue forward, we've seen him. He's looked good. Now, again, he's getting himself back in football shape. There's a lot of people that was on his back, okay, constantly. You know, we saw him kind of labor through some practices. Of course, he's still pushing himself, uh, but he would look tired, but he would complete all the drills. He would do all his reps and everything. Uh, There was a video recently of him throwing up on the sidelines a little bit. And Sella even has come out and talked about that. He's told Makai, hey, push yourself to the point or push yourself past the point of exhaustion. Give it everything that you got because when your body recovers, you'll be better off for it, right? And that's what we're seeing Makai Becton do. And I think a lot of people are on Makai Becton's back simply because he's doing that. Listen, the only way to get in football shape is to, I don't know, play football, right? <laughs> that's what you got to do. You got to go out there and play football. Okay, so that's what he's doing. This guy hasn't been in practice. He hasn't been on a field in a year or something. You know, this guy had a big knee injury. He was dealing with all of that stuff. So now he's back on the field and he's putting things together. He's going to be tired. But again, the play that we're seeing out there from him is phenomenal, even on that right side. And now with him and AVT on that right side, let me tell you something, man. I feel bad for the defenses that we're going to face this year because they're going to get mauled. That right side is going to be unbelievable. ABT, who we've seen just absolutely maul people throughout last season, is going to be mauling people this season too. Great young guard can go out there and do everything that you ask of a guard. So I'm excited about what the New York Jets have up front, especially on that right side. I think we're going to be running the ball very effectively over that side. Again, Fant, is finally out there as well. He was dealing with the injury a little bit. Uh, but now he's out there, you know, going through drills and doing his thing. But I'll tell you what, as much as I love this New York Jets starting offensive line, I'm a little concerned about some backups, okay? I'm a little concerned now. Connor McDermott is awful. Oh, my goodness. Connor McDermott is so bad, man. He is bad. I'll tell you, he is, he's awful. We've seen him get beat left and right. We've seen him give up sacks. We've got to clean that up. He's got to clean it up. He's got to clean up his play because so far he has not looked very good. I will say that. It has been a very up and down from Connor McDermott. So I'm a little concerned about that backup O-line. We saw it get chewed up, Uh, but again, you know, hopefully these guys kind of step up their play. And if we do need them throughout the season, you know, hopefully it's just little spurts here and there and everything will gel correctly. But I'm really well loving what the New York Jets have up front offensive line. Uh, there's been guys that have come out and talked about it. Guys on the defense have come out and talked about how they think this offensive line could be one of the best in the league. ABT also came out and talked about how he believes, especially with Beckton being back in the fold, being good to go, that they're going to be one of the top offensive lines. And I, And I think that that's going to be huge for us this year. And it's going to be huge for us because not only are we talking about properly protecting Zach Wilson, which is common sense, right? You want to make sure that your young franchise quarterback is able to go out there, throw the football effectively, not have happy feet, not get injured, and not have to worry about getting his head taken off. But I think one of the bigger things that a great offensive line 
uh, will do for this New York Jets offense is allow us to run the football effectively. That's one of the biggest issues that the New York Jets had last year. And the problem is that when you have those type of issues, when you have, you know, those type of issues running the football and you can't get things done effectively there, then guess what? (laughs) You're going to have issues offensively because you're going to be very easy to defend, extremely easy to defend. And when you're easy to defend, guess what? (laughs) You're a done deal. You're a complete done deal. So when you look at the situation here, Zach Wilson is now going to have a solid running game that he's going to be able to run behind. He's going to be able to effectively – uh, you know, take some of the pressure off his back, handing into handing into these running backs, and then that opens things up for our, you know, our play calling as well. Our play calling is going to have things change too, because now you have uh, play action that's going to be able to open up. You have all these things that are going to be able to open up off of, you know, us being able to open up our running game and have things going the way, you know, they should be going. And again, when you look at how we handle business, right, how things should be going here. We, we should look a lot like the Niners. The Niners have an effective running game. And we've seen them have success with quarterbacks that honestly aren't really even that good. Right? Jimmy G is not like some phenomenal quarterback. He isn't. Not very good, to be completely honest. And they, have, they were able to have success with him, even though he wasn't that good. But why? Because their running game was so good that they were able to take the pressure off of him, not ask him to do too much, right, and lean on a phenomenal running game that could carry them through. It also allowed them to dominate the time of possession. When you dominate the time of possession and you can handle business in that fashion as well, that helps your defense out. It, you're, now your defense is able to rest, relax, go out there and get you the ball back, and, you know, you can continue for it that way as you can just eat up the clock constantly as well. You control the game. You control what goes on out there. So with a solid running game, you know, we're good to go, man. And I'm excited. And, again, that's what I think our offensive line is going to be able to bring to the table. And I love it. I'm just hoping that our backup guys get it together. Because if our backup guys don't get it together and we need them in some spurts, we could be in some trouble. That's all I'm saying. We could could be in a little trouble. All right. Also, when you look at our, our wide receivers as well, our wide receiver situation, too, is looking very good, man. I'm excited about our wide receiver situation. Uh, you look at how Garrett Wilson has been playing. A lot of people are excited about him. Man, he's been looking really good. He's really been able to go out there, handle business. Some of the catches that he's making, some of the things that he's able to do out there has been phenomenal, too. I really like what that young guy's bringing to the table. Really like how he's been looking out there. Elijah Moore has looked phenomenal, too. So things are, things are really looking up for the New York Jets wide receiver core, and not just that either. We got guys like Corey Davis. Listen, Corey Davis was dealing with an injury last season and has come back and looking like, hey, this is going to be his comeback season. This guy's really going to be able to step up and play extremely well. And, again, he's a guy that we fed last season tremendously. He was a guy that we constantly were feeding. Zach Wilson was constantly feeding him, constantly. So he's a guy, again, that I think Zach is going to be able to target, and again, this upcoming season to be able to depend on. But a guy that really has stepped up, too, that really had a lot of fire under him, Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims has really put something together. He's, he's been very, very good 
this this training camp so far. And again, we're just a couple of days in, but I'm excited about what he's bringing to the table. He's made a lot of big catches, a lot of tough catches. We've seen a lot of flashes from him, whether it be from Flacco, whether it be from White. He's out there doing his thing. And then when he's talked to about his performance and what his expectations are this upcoming season, he's talked about, hey, look, I'm aiming for the top spot. And they said the top spot, what do you mean? He said, look, I want to be the starting wide receiver. Can you imagine what things will look like if Denzel Mims turns out to be the guy that we all know he can be within this offense? bringing everything that he brings to the table. Can you imagine what the Jets' offense will look like from a receiving standpoint? It's going to be insane. You're going to have Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, of course, Braxton Berrios, who we saw last season. That was phenomenal, right? Then you add Denzel Mims to, the, to, the, to that, that mix. How do you cover that? <laughs> How do you cover that? Is there, is there any possible way to cover that? You know what I'm saying? How do, how do you do it? I just I don't know how, how any defense could possibly do that. How could you cover that? How long could you possibly cover that for? You know? So that's going to be crazy as well to continue to see. Again, camp continues on, and Mims has looked good. Rashad Davis has looked good as well, a guy that we got uh, that Joe Douglas was able to bring in. He's a guy that could push to make a roster spot as well because let me tell you something, Rashad Davis is a guy that is a burner. We've seen in camp when you put the ball in his hands, this guy can take off, like end rounds, all kinds of stuff. But he's also a guy that can give us a little bit as a returner as well. So that's something that might push him into making a spot on this roster. I could see that. So Rashad Davis is also a name to look out for. Uh, the tight end Irving as well is also making plays too. So we'll see where he stands in that situation. But I'm telling you, I really like what the New York Jets uh, wide receiver core is looking like. I really do. I'm excited about it because for years we haven't had enough weapons to give our young quarterback. We haven't had enough. Sam dealt with that stuff where there just wasn't enough weapons out there at wide receiver. There wasn't enough weapons out there for him to throw to. And now it's just like things are flourishing there. He has so many guys that he can get the football to effectively. And I really want to see, you know, how Mike LaFleur is going to handle that situation. What is he going to do there? Like, how, how are we going to get these guys to football, you know? Especially, again, with, the, with, the, with this offense and the way that it's, that it's predicated, man, listen, it's all about getting the ball to guys in space. We saw Elijah Moore really, as the season went on, really continue to come on last season. He was a great playmaker, you know, a great playmaker. And, again, this wide receiver core was dealing with a lot of injuries last season, too. And things was kind of broken up. So now, you know, again, hopefully we all get into the season healthy, okay? We all get into the season healthy, boy. I'm telling you, these people that's defending the New York Jets is going to have some problems, going to have some real problems. And that's why, again, I was against everybody talking about, hey, you should trade that guy, trade this guy. And I'm like, hey, listen, last season we were beaten up with injuries. If a guy can show you that he has some ability – you know, I've gone back and forth with some Jets fans just recently talking about, hey, if Denzel Mims is flashing, let's go ahead and get rid of him. And I'm like, whoa, why? If he's flashing and he's doing his thing and he's showing that, hey, he can be one of these guys in his wide receiver core that can go out there and give us some real good looks, then guess what? Uh, why don't you keep him on this roster, right? He's cheap. He's not going <laughs> to break your bank. He's not going to cost you a million dollars. Keep him on this roster and allow this guy to go out there and make plays. Especially, again, you never know, maybe a guy goes down, knock on wood. We, we hope that doesn't happen. 
But maybe a guy goes down. You know, then what do you do? So really like what the Jets wide receiver core is looking like, man. It's going to be interesting going forward. A lot of good battles there. A lot of guys pushing. But I'll tell you what, Denzel Mims is a guy that I'm really pulling for. He's a guy that has a lot of natural ability. And just hearing him up on that podium talk about, that is my goal. I want to be the top, top wide receiver. I'm pushing towards that. It's just good to see. I'm telling you, this is a guy that a lot of fans, a lot of people in the media just kind of left for dead. They wrote him off. So it is what it is there. Then you continue on, man. You look at the Jets' defensive side of the ball. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this guy, Carl Lawson, is a monster. He's a monster. Carl Lawson is a beast, bro. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. He's a complete beast, okay? Complete beast. Just just, just comes off of an injury, right? He was gone for the whole year, said, hey, I'm going to be ready for training camp. I'm going to be ready to go, right? We were all saying, okay, well, hopefully everything's good to go. Hopefully, man, he's out there just destroying people. Today in practice, he had at least two sacks. You know, again, they can't hit the quarterback. Let's all be clear. They can't hit the quarterback. But, you know, they, there would have been at least two sacks. He's constantly talked about his pressuring, you know, getting pressure on a quarterback, pushing the offensive line, pushing all these things. He is constantly being talked about as a guy that is in the scrum, making the push and providing pressure on Zach Wilson. He's in his face constantly. It's insane. This guy came off of a big injury, and according to everything that we're seeing so far, he looks like the guy that we signed. Like, nothing's wrong here. (laughs) Man, I am so fired up about Carl Lawson and what he's bringing to the table. And, again, this was a guy that when he's spoken to, you really hear his mindset and why he's been able to excel even after that injury. Because he was a guy that talked about, hey, listen, you know, it sucked going through the process to get better. It sucked going through the rehab process. It was awful. You know, I didn't like it. But guess what? Every great person in history has suffered. All of them. At some point, they have suffered. But the people, the great people that decided to overcome that suffering and continue on, that's who saw massive success. And so when you have that mindset that I'm just going to continue to overcome, and he said that, I'm going to continue to overcome, I'm going to continue to push forward, man, that's how he's gotten to where he's gotten. So Carl Lawson, man, has been looking phenomenal, looking amazing in camp so far. Amazing. Jermaine Johnson has also looked good too, which is huge as well, because this is a young kid that we're hoping to get quite a bit out of. A kid that a lot of a lot of people are excited about uh, excited about coming in his first year. Again, he's a rookie, and when you look at this situation now, if he's a guy, and again, I'm not putting a lot on Jermaine Johnson. I know there's people talking about you know sacks in the teens. I'm not saying that. Not his first year. I'm not going to put that on the kid. You know, it's going to take some time, and I completely understand that. But if he can give us some pressures and maybe give me seven. Six, seven, maybe eight sacks, I'm good with that. But even if he can give me some pressure, some disruption, 
cause some issues up front for people? That's what I want to see. And I think that this is one of the first times as a Jet fan that I think the New York Jets, you know, or this is this is the first time in a long time that I've been a Jet fan. Because back in the day, again, we had, uh, you know, we had Sean Ellis, we had uh, John Abraham. But that was back in the day. That was a long time ago, baby. All right? But it's been a long time before we've had a guy, a guy or two guys, you know, again, because we got Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, two guys that we believe, hey, is going to be able to get to the passer effectively, and we don't have to send exotic blitzes and all this other stuff, right? We don't have to do all that. That is going to be huge for the New York Jets defense. The biggest issue that the Jets have had for years, for years, and we saw it last year, was the lack of pressure defensively. When you can't get any pressure defensively and guys can just run at will, you know, they can do whatever they want to do, the quarterback has 30 years back there to throw the football, then, uh, you know, good luck to you. Good luck to you stopping them from passing. That was the biggest issue we had last year. Quarterbacks would sit back there for 30 minutes. We didn't have a pass rusher because there was no Carl Lawson, and we were just lost in the soft there. We were lost. Well, now we got two guys that we can send at you, two guys that we can bring at you, and I think that that's going to that's gonna completely change the way that the New York Jets defense is looked at going to completely change it because now you have a couple seconds. You've got to get the ball out of your hands and you give most quarterbacks very few time back there. They're going to make a mistake. I think we'll see an uptick in turnovers, which we need greatly, right? Let's get the ball back in the hands of our offense. I think we'll see an uptick in turnovers because of the pressure and it's going to help everything out. It's going to help our secondary out. Guys aren't going to have to cover for that long. Now when Carl Lawson and, and Jermaine Johnson, and again, we got other guys as well, you know, a lot of talk from uh, Sheldon Rankins too, man. Sheldon Rankins has been doing his thing out there. He's talked about how the New York Jets defense feels like it could be a top defense in the league. At least that's what he's pushing for, which is huge. You want to hear that out of your, out of your, uh, your players, that they're pushing to, to give everything that they're best. You know, we got Quentin Williams as well that we're looking to take a step forward to. So when you look at all these things, man, with the pressure that's provided, even the pressure that Carl Lawson – and Jermaine Johnson are going to be able to provide, are also going to benefit guys like Quentin Williams and, and, and uh, Sheldon Rankins, especially a guy like Quentin Williams, who now you can't just double team anymore and shut him down. You can't do that because you got to pick your poison. Okay, you want to double Quentin Williams? All right, well, then Jermaine and uh, Carl Lawson is about to have a day. You know, you just want to ignore the edge pressure? Okay, feel free. Well, your quarterback is going to have a long night. He's going to get destroyed. You know, so I think what we'll see this upcoming season is a lot of one-on-one matchups for Quentin Williams where he's just going to feast and he's going to have a big day. He's going to be in people's backfields. He's going to be a disruptor in the run game, which is what we need greatly because New York Jets were awful against the run last year. They were terrible. They were terrible. One of the worst teams against the run last season defensively. Terrible. I think we were like, we were near the bottom of the league. I think we were like 29th or something like that, maybe 30th. I think we were 29th. We were terrible. We got ran on by so many people. It was atrocious. It was atrocious. Well, I think all that stops, again, with the pressure that we have, and not only the pressure that they're going to be able to provide, because, again, these guys can also defend against the run pretty well, but now it's going to free up Cutting Williams to really be that disruptive defensive tackle that we need him to be. 
So that pass rush is going to be huge. And, again, we're hearing a lot of great things from Jermaine Johnson. He's looking good out there during camp. Now, as we continue down, let me tell you something. This, this competition at cornerback is pretty big as well. It's big, too. Really big. <laughs> this guy, Sauce, is putting some pressure. I'm not going to lie. He's putting some pressure on Bryce Hall. And, you know, depending on who you listen to, you know, depending on who's looking at it, there's a lot of talk about Bryce Hall. He's holding his own. He's doing his thing. He's had some interceptions to be able to make some plays. But Sauce is definitely out there handling business. His wingspan is crazy. This guy's defending people very well, very, very well. So him and Sauce is definitely having that competition. Again, Bryce Hall and Sauce are, you know, rotating throughout that first-team defense. And they're handling business, but I'm telling you, that cornerback situation is heating up. It's heating up. And I've already told people before, again, I'm a big Bryce Hall fan. I am about, you know, competition at every position. So whoever wins, wins. I'm just going to say that. But I will say this, that, you know, Bryce Hall is not just going to give up that spot. He's not. You know, he's going to push. But from everything we're seeing, man, he's – He's making his push to be a, the, you know, the number one corner for the New York Jets. DJ Reed is looking phenomenal out there as well. Continue to talk about the plays that he's making, a lot of things that he's able to do out there. So this secondary is looking solid. This secondary is looking solid. Salutes to Niger with the big, 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 big donation. <laughs> I said salute to Niger with the big, 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 big donation. <laughs> I want to thank Niger for giving to the program. Niger says, multiple Super Bowls and a new stadium. You know, hopefully, hopefully, all right? Hopefully we do that. I, I, I'm not, you know, putting too much. I know a lot of people are talking, you know, that, that this is a season that the New York Jets should look, you know, to be in the playoffs. We've got a lot of talent. We've got a lot of things going on. Okay. You know, but I, I'm going to hold off on the Super Bowl talking to our us, but Niger, I'm I'm there, man. I'm excited. I think that we're on our way to competing. We're on our way to being there. But we just gotta wait and see what's going on. But man, I, I I'm I'm right there with you, Niger. I definitely wanna see that. I wanna see us win that trophy. I wanna see us raise that at the end of the day. And again, Niger, thank you for giving to the platform the big 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 yeah, and a new stadium is something we absolutely need. I've talked to people about this. I, I don't want to go on a rant, but I'm going to – listen, I, I need the Jets to get a new stadium. <laughs> okay? I've gone back and forth with people. I'll get back to the camp talk in a second. Oh, my goodness. Listen, okay, we need a new stadium. And I, and I don't know if we're going to get it soon or what deal we can work out with. I know the, the, the stadium in Manhattan, that kind of fell apart. All right, I get that, Okay. But I want to go to a stadium that feels like it's our stadium, okay? When I go to MetLife, and I love the Jets, and I love, you know, I know that they're putting things together and going forward, but I feel like when we go to MetLife, or when I go to MetLife a lot of times, I don't feel like it's our stadium. I feel like we're going to a place, and, you know, often when I go there and I watch games, I'm surrounded by fans of other teams that I literally feel the stadium, uh, I was at there. I was there when we were playing the Cleveland Browns one year, and I felt like I was in the dog pound. That entire place was filled with Browns fans. It was crazy. I looked to my left, there was a Browns jersey. I looked to my right, there's a Browns jersey. I mean, Jets fans were few, 
far in between there. It was crazy. You know, so I'm hoping that they can change some things. And, I, and I'm really big on that I feel that the New York Jets brass could do a little bit more to reach out to the fan base. You know, do a little bit more. And I've talked about this before, but I'm really hoping that that changes. And hopefully in the future, we will see that. But salute to you again, Niger, for giving to the platform. I don't want to go on a long rant about how much I want to see the New York Jets get a new stadium, but that is something that I want to see at some point, right? Now getting back to training camp, man, listen. There's been so much going on, so many things moving and shaking. Again, we're talking about the secondary, but let me tell you something. This linebacker core has stepped up as well. For those of you that don't know, we signed Quan Alexander to a one-year deal. And, man, what a difference this move makes. This is a guy that I constantly was talking about wanting to see become a New York Jet. This is a guy that I wanted to see on the roster. I've been talking about him all offseason, all offseason, having discussions constantly back and forth about how much I think that, you know, he would benefit our linebacking core and how much, you know, our linebacking core looks kind of, looked weak, especially when you look at that weak side linebacker position spot, which, I, you know, we all kind of looked at and said, Hamza Nezeldean or Jamin Sherwood, one of those guys are going to be competing for that spot. Well, when you look at the situation now, Kawan Alexander comes in, you know, we sign him and we see immediate impact during practice at camp. He's going out there, he's hitting. I'm talking big hits. He's going out there and really laying into guys. So, I'm excited, man, for this guy. He understands the scheme. He doesn't have to be, you know, uh, taught too much. This guy gets it. He's been, he's worked with Sella in the past as well, the time with the Niners. He just gets it. And he's a veteran guy that can come in and really give us some solid quality snaps. So this signing of Kwan Alexander was a good move. And, again, J.D. just continues to do work, man. He continues to do work. He continues to do the best that he could do to better this football team. So, I'm excited about this move, man. And, again, when you hear from him, just like you hear from a lot of other people, you know, or other players that have signed with us as well, one of the things that he said, he, want, he wanted to be a Jet. He loved what we're doing here. He liked what we're building. He liked what we're bringing to the table. So, listen, signing K-Wall on Alexander was a good move, man. It was a really good move, and I'm excited about him. Um, and our linebacking core, honestly, in my opinion, has been shored up. And this gives us, or this gives Hamza Nezeldine and Jamin Sherwood, you know, time where they don't have to be the guy right off the bat, you know, at weak side. Let k kind of start there. Again, they're going to be in the rotation. They're going to do their thing. But they have the time to kind of sit back and regain that time that they missed in their rookie year to really get, get going. Because, again, both of those guys had big injuries. So, I really like us bringing Kwan into the fold as well. Again, rookie Jeremy uh, Jeremy Ruckett as well is off the NFI list. Again, he was dealing with that foot uh, plantar fasciitis injury, so he's off that. So you know he was out there doing his thing in team drills, which I'm excited about as well. Um, our tight end position is looking really good with CJ Tyler Conklin. Listen, this guy Tyler Conklin real smooth. <laughs> he's real smooth, baby. You know what I'm saying? He's looking good out there as well, and the the impact of this tight end position could be could be pretty big on us. Could be pretty big on us going into this year. Again, the New York Jets have not had, you know, anything really a tight end for years. You know, since Dustin Keller, we haven't really had a threat at tight end. And now we got two guys in Tyler Conklin. Honestly, three guys: Tyler Conklin, CJ, and you know Jeremy Ruckert, who's one of the better you know tight ends in this recent class. 
you know, that are really going to be able to go out there and positively impact the New York Jets offense, right? When you look at the situation as well, I think that helps us again. The running game, uh, when you look at some of the moves that J.D. has made, these are moves that impact the running game. Why? Because C.J. and Tyler Conklin, these guys can run block pretty solidly. But then there are also threats as well. So now when we put them out there on the field, right, when we put them out there on the field, then uh, <laughs> you're going to have to account for them. So we pull into a play action. You can't just fall asleep. Because if you do, guess what, C.J. or Conklin, they'll have a day on you. So now when we come into these big sets, you're going to have to account for us defensively. It's not just going to be pretty transparent what we're doing. Oh, well, you know, they got two tight ends out there. In the past, it was like, hey, Jets got two tight ends out there. Oh, yeah, they're going to run the ball. They're not passing it to whatever, whatever tight ends out there. Come on, let's be serious. These guys aren't receiving threats. Oh, their floor is dirt. He's not going to go nowhere. No, that's not happening anymore. You fall asleep on CJ. You fall asleep on Tyler. It's going to go for some yards, and they're going to be – Pretty tough to bring down, especially CJ. CJ, after the catch, is unbelievable. Again, Tyler's smooth, too. But then you add Jeremy Record into the fold, and that really brings something into it as well. I just talked about the impact of the, in the running game that the tight ends can have, but guess what? Jeremy Record is one of the better run-blocking tight ends in the class. That's what put him over a lot of these guys. Now he's, you know, he's a legit receiving threat. He's also a guy that can solidly run-block. Let me tell you something, man. That's big. Salutes to my guy, Ant Jet, as well. Savage in the chat. Ant Jet says, excellent point, Joe, about Nezel Demon Sherwood. There are playmakers that just need more time. Yeah. Yeah, they're just young guys. You know, salute to you as well, Ant. They're, they're, they're young guys, you know. And, again, when we looked at that linebacker position, that weak side linebacker position, we were all saying, hey, man, what are we going to do here? There's a lot of question marks, a lot of things that we didn't really understand how things were going to play out there. We were all concerned about this linebacker position. Again, C.J. Mosley, we love him. Phenomenal, right? Great inside linebacker. We don't know what the future is going to hold. Again, he's getting up in age. He's costing a lot. Quincy Williams on the other side, he looks good. But then everybody was looking like, man, what are we going to do at weak side linebacker? What are we going to do on that other side of C.J. Mosley? So many questions. But then you answer that with Quan Alexander a solid, sufficient veteran that's going to be able to come in, play solid ball for you. Of course, your young guys are still going to be in the rotation. They're still, you know, we're still trying to figure out what we're going to get from them because they're coming back from those injuries. That's big, man. That is big. So as we continue forward, I mean, I'm, I'm, I like what we've done there at linebacker. I like what we've, how we've handled situations there. So things are looking good. But I'm telling you, again, getting back to this tight end situation, the tight end situation is looking good as well. It's looking really good. Because let me tell you something. Now the New York Jets, when we get into the red zone, I think we become even more deadly because the playbook opens up even more when you look at our tight end situation. When you look at what the Patriots were able to, and we all, we can't stand the Patriots. None of us can. They've dominated our division for a long time. We don't like the coach. I don't even like talking about those guys, man. We, we, we really don't like those guys much at all. We really don't like them. You know what I'm saying? They're, yeah, they're just, they're just, you know, yeah, yeah, you won a lot. Yeah, I respect it, but, you know, come on, come on. You know what I'm saying? But guess what? What did we see the Patriots do consistently? We saw the Patriots be able to put out tight end after tight end after tight end and dominate 
the league using two tight ends constantly. Sometimes even more. They would, I've seen them put three tight ends out there on the field before. And they would do a lot of that stuff in the red zone, right, because it creates matchup nightmares. Because these are big guys. A lot of the times you can go out there and just play basketball. Hey, I'm just going to throw it up, and you go up and get it. And that's something that we can do now because we have those threats. Now when we look at the situation with CJ, we can put CJ out there. We can put, you know, Tyler out there. We can put Jeremy Ruckert out there. And we can go, okay, let's just play basketball. Hey, you go, you go here, you run a fade. You just run, run, run to the front of the end zone, turn your back on them, box them out, and I'll just throw it, throw it up to you. You just go get it after you box them out. That's so crazy coming from where we were last season. <laughs> we were struggling offensively. We were struggling at times. We couldn't figure things out. We couldn't get things going consistently. We really didn't have – we weren't getting as much out of the tight end position as we hoped. Now things are completely different, completely different. And, again, that opens up so many different looks for our play calling, so many different looks, you know, that we're going to give defenses. They're going to have their hands full with us. And I think that a lot of the weapons that we've added offensively are really going to help kind of overcome those slow starts that we had last season. Anybody remember those? Those were terrible, man. Oh, those slow starts just over and over again, not being able to score in the first quarter early in the season, just kind of sleepwalking the offense, not being able to put things together. I mean, do you guys remember when we just couldn't we, – we didn't even have a touchdown, I think, for the first however many games of the season until Mike White played, and we didn't have a touchdown in the first quarter. That was terrible. Oh. That was awful. You know what I'm saying? That was awful. But things got cleaned up as we continued to go forward throughout the season, and things started to look a lot better, especially, again, with the, with the starts not being as slow as they were. But with all the playmakers that we've added, right, we look at our wide receiver position. We look at, you know, what we've been able to do at tight end. Let me tell you something. It's going to be huge. Because now when the pressure is coming to Zach as well, when you look at the tight end, that could be the relief valve. Where he just dumps it off. Hey, look, this is guy kind of barreling down on me. Let me dump this off to CJ. CJ, you go ahead and go make your plays. Again, we saw that happen last season as well. So, that tight end position is going to be something serious. And I think it's going to have quite an impact on the offense. Another position I think that's going to have quite an impact on the offense is the New York Jets running back situation. Listen, in camp, Bryce Hall, or Brees Hall, excuse me, has been looking very good. Guys been moving and shaking, moving and shaking, and there's a lot of people talking about him, you know, and the ability that he has. Again, we saw a really nice run today from uh, Zaytoven Knight. Zaytoven Knight has been looking good, but let me tell you something, Brees Hall, and we'll get to the lines in a second. I apologize, there. Right, we'll get to the lines in a second. Nine oh eight. I'll get to you in a second. Let me tell you something, Brees Hall is looking good, man. He's looking good. But I think a lot of people are sleeping on my boy, Michael Carter, all right? My boy, Michael Carter, is something else, all right? This is a guy that I'm telling you, you get him in space with the football, he is a complete nightmare, a complete nightmare. And what we saw last season, his playmaking ability, how he can handle things, right? There was a portion of last season 
where he was carrying the New York Jets offensively. He was our only playmaker for a little bit before Elijah Moore got going, before, you know, things kind of was before that concussion and all that stuff. Let me tell you something. Michael Carter was that guy. Not only was he running the football, which was tough already last season because offensive line couldn't open up any holes, right? But he was coming out of the backfield and catching the football. You go back and you watch that Bengals game. I think that's one of the biggest highlights for him during the season as far as just a game. You go back and you watch that game. Let me tell you something. He's the main reason why we run that game. The main reason why we won. I think he had 77 yards rushing, 95, and and he also had a touchdown rushing as well, 95 yards receiving. He was catching the football. Jack was just dumping it off to him, and he would go get the yards, move the chain constantly. You look at that game as well, there was time when you hand the football off to him, and he's running away from guys. And let me tell you something. Michael Carter is still that dude. I love Brees. I can't wait to see what he's going to be able to put out there, but I feel like a lot of people discount Michael Carter and some of the things that he brings to the table. And especially with that one-two punch this upcoming season, man, that's going to really help the New York Jets offense out. It really, really is. So, let me get to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Oh, before we get to these lines, <laughs> listen, the Dolphins are always going to Dolphins, okay? <laughs> really quickly, the New York uh, – the, excuse me, the Miami Dolphins <laughs> have been stripped of their 2023 first-round pick. Why? Because they have violated the league policies relating to the integrity of the game. You know, there was a six-month investigation on them, and the league found that the Dolphins, you know, their owner, Stephen Ross, and, uh, you know, Bruce Beal as well, the the limited partner, they violated the anti-tampering policy on three occasions between 2019 and 2022 they had some, you know, conversations with Tom Brady and also had some conversations with Sean Payton as well, trying to bring them into the organization. Didn't work out because neither one of them are dealing with the organization. So that was found. They've been hit. They've been stripped of their 2023 uh, first-round pick. And uh, Stephen Ross uh, was fined as well, $1.5 million. He was suspended through October 17th. Uh, he's not even allowed to be at the Dolphins' facility or represent the team at any event during that time. He also can't attend any league meeting, any league meeting, excuse me, before the annual meeting 2023. Beal, on the other hand, was fined $500,000 and isn't permitted to attend any league meetings for the rest of the 2022 season. <laughs> dolphins are going to Dolphins. Tough, man. Don't cheat. <laughs> so we're going to get to these lines again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're talking training camp. We're talking Zach Wilson. We're talking New York Jets, man. We're excited about this football team and everything that they're doing. Lines are open. We'll get to everyone. Please be patient. I know I went on a quite a tirade there, but I'm excited about this Jets football team. So first caller we're going to get to, it's my guy Steve, man. Steve, salute to you. I want to thank you for calling into my show. Listen, Steve, give me your thoughts about Zach Wilson, man. There's been a lot of talk about him being kind of up and down, but 
he's looked really good these last couple of practices, and he's really been able to put some things together in the red zone. How are you feeling about that, man? Hey, Joe. Well, first of all, thank you again for having me on, on tonight. I actually just called on now. I'm actually really surprised that I, I'm actually the first caller tonight, but thank you so much for having me be the first caller. So, anyway, great, great to hear from you as well. And um, so, so anyway, so in case if you're wondering, Joe, I actually went to Jets training camp last Saturday. Yeah, you're breaking up, Steve. Go ahead. Joe, can you hear me? Yeah, we, I can hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I wanted to tell you that I went to Jets training camp last Saturday. Hello? Yeah, Steve, you're oh, breaking up bad. What's going on with your phone, man? You got some hey, good phone? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Hang on. Can you, can you hear me now? Can you yeah, hear me? I can hear you, Steve. Come on. Yeah, we can So, hear Joe, you. as I was take, saying, uh, last Saturday, uh-huh. last Saturday, I went to Jets training camp. Steve is having some phone. We'll, we'll get back to you in a second, Steve. We'll, we'll hey. just put you on hold. We're going to get We're going to get back to these lines, man. Again, 515-602-9639, 515 Six zero two nine six three nine is the number. Call in. Please, when you call in, be patient. Okay, we're going to get to everybody. Also, give the stream a thumbs up wherever you're watching me from. Share the stream across <laughs> your, your social media. And please, when you call in, don't call me from a Sesame Street phone. You know what I'm saying? Can you get a good phone when you call in? Oh. Oh, All right. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Please. Don't call me from the back of a PlayStation, all right? Come on. Call me from a good phone. Jeez, I want to hear you. I want to hear your takes, all right? <laughs> We're going to keep getting to these lines here, 515 Call me from the back of a Doritos bag. Come on. So next we're going to go to my guy, Colin. Colin, we're coming directly to you. Colin salutes. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Colin, can you hear me? Are you good, man? Can you hear me? Is everything uh, good? Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. <laughs> How good, you doing? Good night. I hope I'm good. <laughs> you, you're good. I hope I'm loud and clear. <laughs> you are. You are. You didn't uh, call in from uh, the bottom of a Pringles can. Can you please give uh, me your uh, thoughts about Zach Wilson and how, how he's looked so far? Um, I mean, listen, he, he had a little up and down, you know, at times. But um, that's expected, right? Um, he's yeah. he's in his second year. Um, you know, he's still he's still developing. Still needed a lot of developing, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I I think I think where he can he can make the, the jump in the second year is by avoiding mistakes. Try 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 yeah. to eliminate the mistakes, right? Because the talent is there. Right, we all know the talent yeah. is there. He's put on some size, you know. He's bulked up. Um, you know, he can run. We all know he can run, and we all know he can throw the ball. It's just going to come down now to, you know, being smart with the football. You know, don't don't force. Don't try to force anything. Don't don't mm-hmm. don't. You know, the new the New York media, obviously, you know, they they the pressure in New York is much different than, you know, you're you playing in Jacksonville or something. So um, he can't let the pressure get to him. 
he has he has a lot of weapons, man. I'm I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I think he I think he has more weapons than any other quarterback in in a very long time, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got plenty of weapons to to look for to get rid of the ball. Um, just just don't just don't do some of the things I saw last year, which is you know just completely throwing the ball you know in front of guys in the ground you know, missing guys or, or rushing passes, you know, just, just take, you know, he, he's just got to take his time and listen, if you got to get sacked, you get sacked or you got to throw the ball away, throw the ball away. But mm-hmm. the last thing I think any, any Jets fan want to see is Zach Wilson out there throwing interceptions or look like he, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, yeah. And I think that's going to be the key for him. You know, if, you know, he doesn't have to go there and throw 30 touchdowns or 4,000 yards, you know, like people are expecting. He just has to manage the game and, and help us win games. That's how I look at it, you know? Yeah, and, and, and you know, and, and I hear what you're saying. I think, again, uh, you know, like you said, you know, kind of minimizing the mistakes uh, is, is huge uh, for him, especially, you know, in a scheme that, that we're running. Um, I think one of the things that's really going to help him kind of cut down some of the mistakes that we saw last season was, you know, our running game really developing and getting better. And this is, I want to ask you about this. When you look at the situation where our running game, do you think there's a lot of people that are kind of discounting the impact that Michael Carter could have because, you know, us, us taking Brees Hall? Cause there's a lot of people that are already saying, Hey, Brees is going to be the starter. Michael, you know, Carter can be number two, whatever. Do you think that a lot of people are just kind of overlooking what Carter will be able to do in this offense with, you know, an upgraded offensive line? You know, and think of just saying, "Hey, Brees Hall is going to be the guy." Yeah, I, I, I think you know that the fact that Brees Hall was the number one running back drafted, the expectations mm-hmm. are much higher than it than it was for Michael Carter, right? So I, I, I think you know, everyone is is, is pumped. We got, you know, the best running back in the draft potentially, right? So. Yeah. You know, you you want to see the best running back in the draft being the best running back on your team as well. Um, so I think that's where the excitement is, is that, hey, we, we didn't just trade up for this guy and, you know, for him to be, like, the number two guy. He's the, he's the number one running back coming out of college, so um, mm-hmm. at least in, you know, the Jets' opinion, right? So mm-hmm. I think in all fairness um, – you know, yeah, we you know we want to see this guy be the number one guy. I mean, mm. you know, Michael Michael Carter, you know, he he's good as well. So, for me personally, I didn't understand some of the picks. I understand like the value of the player, but I didn't really like understand the picks because it's the same thing with um with the wide receiver, right? We we drafted um Garrett Wilson, but we had Garrett Wilson Elijah Moore, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, but with the, with the receivers, the same thing. I was, you know, I, I understand picking the guy, but at the same time, I was like, you know, look at Elijah Moore, right? What he's doing in camp, right? Mm-hmm. He he's definitely going to be the number one receiver on the team. But man, in my he's opinion, lighting it up. Yeah, but in my opinion, when you draft a when you draft a receiver on the ten pick overall, that guy should be your number one pick, considering that well, Elijah Moore was not a top 10 pick 
last year. Yeah, well, you know, well, but here, so, here's the thing. It, it, it's not, and, and I hear you, Colin, but it's not really about, like, a, as far as, it's about production, right? It's about what you can bring to the table. And, yeah, Elijah Moore wasn't a, a top, you know, he wasn't taken in the first round, but we can see that clearly there's, you know, if they could redo the draft, somebody would have took him in the first round. But when you when you have this guy step in the way that he did, and we see the playmaking ability of Elijah Moore, he is special. And he's going to be special this upcoming season. We're already seeing it in camp. We're seeing the connection with Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore flourish, right? He just caught a big bomb from Zach uh, these last uh, a couple practices ago or a day ago or something like that where it was phenomenal. So I think that, you know, being a, being a second round or third round or whatever, listen, there's guys that have gotten picked in the, in the second round, the third round or whatever that go on to just be unbelievable. So I think that the addition of Garrett Wilson, you know, was needed from, you know, the looks of JD is because, hey, we needed another weapon, and we did. You know, we needed another guy. When you look at, you know, the way that our wide receiver core kind of shook out last year, Corey Davis went down with an injury. We saw some flashes from Elijah Moore. There was questions about Denzel Mims. He wasn't seen on the field at all. Braxton Barrios was a guy that was out there, but Braxton Barrios isn't a number one or two wide receiver, right? So when you look at these situations, you want to give your young quarterback, Zach Wilson, right, the guy that he took, you want to give him as many weapons as possible. So I like us picking up Garrett. You know, again, I, I, I didn't initially want to see us pass on Jermaine Johnson, but we ended up with him too. So I love that move, yeah. and I think that Garrett yeah. coming in, I think it's going to be good. And that's going to be my next question for you when we talk about this wide receiver core. Another guy that looks really good, man, is Corey Davis. Corey Davis has been going out there and making play after play after play. Do you think that this is a comeback season for Corey Davis, and what are your expectations for him? Well, well, see, that's that's the thing, right? So, you know, listen, we all know Corey Davis is a big receiver. He's talented, right? We know what he was doing in Tennessee, um, and we know what he can still do. So that that that's that's my point. You know, we 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 have Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Barrios, still have Denzel Mims. You know, there, there's still a ton of people believe in Mims, um, mm-hmm. and then you still have some other other guys on the depth chart. So, you know, my, my whole point is, is that, you know, when, when you go out and you get a Garrett Wilson on the 10th pick, in my opinion, when, when you pick in a player that high, that guy, in your mind, has to be the number one guy on that team in that position because you, you, you're just drafting him so high. If, if you were drafting a guy to be, like, the second receiver, right, or the third receiver, you could get that guy in the second round. But the fact, you know, you're picking this guy on the 10th pick, you know, it, it's to me is that this, this guy has to become the number one receiver. He may not become the number one receiver this year, but he has to become the number one receiver because what's the point of picking him so early, you know, when, you know, there's other guys you could have picked that well, could have filled, filled a number one role. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think down the line he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to be able to, you know, go out there. And I mean, we might see him, you know, move within that role. But, again, he's a young guy. And, like I said, I'm excited about him, um, you know, about mm-hmm. what he can bring to the table. And we're already seeing stuff out of Garrett Wilson that is crazy. I mean, this guy's making freakish catches. He can get off, you know, get off really, really well. We see the speed. We see everything. Like, this guy, this guy's going to be something, you know. But, again, he's a young kid. Oh, he has the talent. He's still got he, yeah. still he, talent. Yeah, he has the he talent. Definitely, the yeah. charts, man. He has the talent. Off the charts. I mean, this team has talent. Yeah. This team has talent that they haven't had in a long time. So, you yep. know, like I said, you yep. know, we, there's a lot of talent. How we use these talents. And, mm-hmm. you know, also, you know, our head coach, 
you know, offensive coordinator, all these guys, right? These guys are going into the second year now. You know, yep. it's going to be curious to see how, how well these guys develop, you know, how, how, how much did they learn in their first year and avoid mm-hmm. some of the mistakes in the second year. Like I've, I've, seen, I've seen some plays last year on foot down, you know, like fourth and inches, fourth and one, and it was just so obvious what we were going to do with the football. And teams just knew exactly what we were going to do with the football. You know, yep. so, yep. you know, yeah. that, you know, th- those are the things that is going to, you know, make or break you as a coach too. So, you know, they, they got to well, do a better job, the, right? No, Colin. Yeah. Here's the mm-hmm. thing, no, Colin. I think a lot of the issues that we saw last year offensively, right? Like you said, as well, it's pretty transparent, but we were going to do at times. I think a lot of it was because mm-hmm. of a lack of talent. Right? When you look at our wide yeah. receiver core, and this is why I keep talking about this, and we talked about, we just talked about Corey Davis, we talked about the addition of Garrett Wilson and all these things. Our wide receiver core did not play much together healthy. We were constantly missing guys last season, whether it was Jamie yeah. Crowder yeah. being out or Keelan Cole being out or Corey Davis missed a big portion of the season. Elijah Moore was down for games at a time before, right? He was dealing with a quad injury. He had under injuries as well that sat him out. Yeah. Like there were so yeah. many issues last season, so much Mitch and Matt and Scritch and Scratch there at the wide receiver position. It was like, you know, we had issues going there. You couldn't go to the tight end position for anything because we didn't have what we have now, right? We didn't have, like, a real crazy receiving threat there. So where else do you go? Your offensive line is not opening up holes, so you can't run the football effectively. We only had one single 100-yard rusher the entire year, and that was Michael Carter. I think it was against Jacksonville. That's it. Like, there was nothing. So, yeah, a lot of the times we had – and, again, Zach is a rookie quarterback too, so he's learning, trying to put things together. We saw him getting blasted last season, right? So – a lot of these things that we saw where people were like, well, the Jets are very transparent offensively. It's like, yeah, because we got we had a lot of guys go down. Beckton was gone. Like, I can continue with the names. And, again, there wasn't enough talent at certain spots not on the field consistently. So that's what you see out there. But one of the guys that I think is bouncing back as we talk about the wide receiver position, Denzel Mims is looking phenomenal, man. And, I mean, this is a guy that's mm-hmm. talking about he's gunning for that, that top wide receiver spot. What are your thoughts about what he's been able to do and the camp that he's been able to put together so far? Well, I mean, when when you look at him in college too, right? The, the guy is athletic. He's big and he's mm-hmm. athletic. Um, whatever whatever issues there were last year for him not getting on the field or you know whatever you know dark cloud was over his head, you know, hopefully all that's cleared up. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, I mean, he is showing it in camp that, you know, hey, you know, he's worthy of one making the team. Um, yep. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, listen, be, like like I said, between Denzel Mims, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Carol Wilson, you know, the, the two tight ends, Conklin, Uzama, Michael Carter, Brees Hall. I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. It's, it's yeah. just going to come down to. Zach Wilson, right? Because he he he's the guy down, right? And 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 coaching is going to come yeah. down to coaching and and Zach Wilson and and you know if if everyone is on the same page and everyone is clicking, you know we'll we'll win seven eight games. But mm. you know if if things don't go right, then you know we we may not win seven or eight games this year if. You know, we make mistakes, you know, if, if mistakes are being made, 
with coaching and quarterback and, and other players as well. So it's going to really come down to how how quickly, you know, when you make a mistake, you don't make the same mistake again. And the, mis- the mistakes you made last year are mistakes you mm-hmm. want to try to eliminate as best as possible this year, you know. So, you know, time management with the clock is is so many things, you know. But the talent-wise, this team's got a lot of talent, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Counts on offense and defense is, is like unbelievable. Man, it's crazy, Colin. So my final question for you, Colin, because you've been giving us some great takes. I want to go over to the defensive side. What are your thoughts about Carl Lawson, man? This guy is just—it's insane that he's coming yeah, out of the injury and he's just out there. Just—I mean, again, we can't hit the quarterback. We all know that in camp. He's got that red jersey on, but mm-hmm. dude, he's providing pressures and things that would be sacks at this point. He's constantly being talked about being in the backfield and getting after. What are your thoughts about him just going out there and beasting the way that he's been beasting, man? Listen, the guy is good. <laughs> there's, 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 no, there's no doubt there. You know, a healthy car Lawson on this team, a healthy defense, period, I'm telling you, man, teams are going to have a hard time beating the Jets. <laughs> They're going to have, yep. they, you know, they're gonna have some serious issues with this team this year. I mean, yeah, yep. everyone, everyone is, is. There's a lot of young players, but there's a lot of hungry mm-hmm. players. Um, and again, you know, again, you, you know, a guy like C.J. Mosley on that defense brings brings you know experience to a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and 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 the. The guys they um they pick up a lot of free agency. Yeah, we got yep. so K-Wan many. Alexander, we I don't know how they I don't know how they're gonna keep all these guys. It, it, it's it's <laughs> crazy. Like the amount of people we have, like we're throwing we 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 have a big issue, and that's we can't keep everyone. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean we'll we'll, we'll you know so, Colin we'll see because there's there's a lot to do, but JD's gonna make a way. But listen, Colin, I got to slide off. Listen, I want to thank you for calling mm-hmm. in, man. You have yourself a good night, my friend. All nice. right, listen, Colin, call, Colin, calling in with some takes, man. I respect it. I respect it. Listen, salute to all the savages in the chat. Please give the stream a thumbs up if you haven't already. Please subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Hit that notification bell. Share the stream with your friends and your family, and across your social media. You know what I'm saying? If you want to give to the, if you want to give to the to the stream to the platform. The super chat's there. If you don't want to give to super chat, cash app is at the bottom of the screen. Anything you give to the to the platform is greatly appreciated. You know what I'm saying? Really appreciate it. Again, salutes to all the savages in the chat. My guy GVH salutes to you, savage in the chat. He says, uh, Joe, there are those who think we are missing. We are hyping Mims to trade him. Uh, you think we should do it? Would you? What would you? What would it take for you? I guess to trade uh, Denzel Mims. Uh, here's the deal, man. I I don't know. There's been a lot of talk of, amongst various people about trading Denzel Mims, and we'll get back to the lines in just a second. Um, and I know there were some people talking about trading him for, like, Tevin Jenkins, um, all kinds of stuff like that. Listen, if Denzel Mims continues to go out there and show you that he has number one or number two ability, I don't know why you would get rid of him. I don't know why you would. I mean, it would have – of course, you know – they'd have to give you something crazy, but I just can't foresee a team doing that because, again, he's a guy that's coming back off of a kind of a lull of a season. I don't think that we should get rid of him. I think that we need to keep this guy around because, again, we finally have, like, some depth at a, at a position that 
we struggled with last season. I don't understand that. I will never understand why Jets fans look at certain positions, right, whether it be wide receiver or even cornerback, right, and see that there's more than two or three good guys and be like, oh, time to get rid of the, that, that third guy or that fourth guy. We only need two good wide receivers. Let's get rid of the rest of those guys. Oh, we only need uh, two good corners. Let's get rid of the rest of those guys. And it's like, wait a minute, why are we doing that? You don't see the Chiefs doing that. The Kansas City Chiefs have a couple of really good wide receivers, right? Of course, they just got rid of Tyreek Hill. They sent him to the Dolphins, but they have other guys that can step up. You don't see them trading away guys that give them solid quality depth. You don't see them do that. You don't see other teams around the league doing that. And especially, again, when you look at the – we've seen the injury bug play out here with the New York Jets. We've seen it. We just came from that. Last season, I just got done talking about it with Collins, that our wide receiver core was decimated with injuries. I think they only played maybe one or two games fully intact the entire season. Only one or two games fully intact. Our cornerback position, there was guys missing all throughout the season. Bryce Hall was the, was the constant, but guess what? Eccles was in and out. He had injuries. Gundry was in and out. He dealt with injuries. Michael Carter missed a, a lot of the season with an injury, too. Our secondary was bounced around. Our safety position, Marcus May was dealing with it. There was guys injured. So if you have a guy that can bring solid quality depth and solid stuff to your position, why get rid of him? Especially, again, he's still cheap. He's super cheap. Let's see what the guy has and let's bring it to him again because we all talk about Denzel Mims. He does have number one ability. He does. When he's on – if he's the Denzel Mims that we saw with Adam Gaze, and Adam Gaze was awful, but the one thing that we came out of that season with, well, there was a couple things, but one of the things offensively that we all talked about was, man, this kid Denzel Mims is something else. <laughs> We're excited about him going forward. So why get rid of him? But we'll keep talking about that again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. We're talking camp, baby. We talking training camp. We talking about it all. So now we're going to go back to Steve. Hopefully Steve's phone is good to go and he's not calling us from the bottom of a ruffles bag. Hopefully Hopefully not. I'm hoping that his phone is together. Steve, I want to welcome you back to the program once again. Hopefully everything is good and you're not calling us from the bottom of a Frosted Flakes box. All right. <laughs> Give me your hey, yo, thoughts. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. I'm excited about that. Okay. Give me your thoughts about this Jets defense and what we're seeing from Carl Lawson coming back from that entry. He's just been beasting in camp, man. How are you feeling about him so far? Yeah, no, listen, Joe. I mean, I got to see it all in person last Saturday because I wanted to tell you I was at Jets training camp last Saturday. Steve. Hello? Come on, bro. Oh, no, no. Come yeah, on. Yeah, come on. I'm in a much come better on, connection. Well, you got to connect Joe, I'm with in a connection. You got to call. Come on. You got to call your cell phone, people. You got to call somebody. Who, who who's, who's your plan? Who you got a plan with? Listen, whoever it is, call them and say, listen, man, I paid too much damn money to not have solid 
service to call in to the Long Beach Joe Show. I pay too much money. Somebody's got to figure this out, all right? Tell them that Joe told you that you needed to tell them to send you a new phone. That's what I want to see. Get a refund. Well, I can, I can hear you, Joe. Well, we can't hear you, Steve. Go, give us something, okay, man. Can you hear give me us now? Something. We can hear you now, Steve. Come on. We're on our last leg here, baby. I need to hear you talk about Carl Lawson. Give us your take. No, Carl Lawson has been a beast. There was a video of him mm-hmm. after practice with another one of the players, and they were and they were running together at camp at the end of practice. And Lawson looks phenomenal. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, Joe, let me just tell you something. Mm-hmm. When I watched the team practice, it, it was it was awesome to watch the, watch the team practice. I mean, I, it's just the thing is, the team is so in sync, and 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 there was also one point that happened during the week was when Sala actually stopped the middle of practice. It was after when the Jets had a water break, and he stopped in the middle of practice and didn't like the energy. Yep. And then he said, yep. "We got to get the energy back together." No, when when Coach Sala did that, I thought that was awesome. I mean. It was it. If if this was if this was like the if this was like Adam Gaze's team all over again, Adam Gaze would mm-hmm. just let the practice go on. Yeah, yeah, he would, and I and I'm glad that that changed up. And I'm like I was talking about it earlier that it's a different time here, right? And a lot of people kind of shrugged their shoulders at that and was like, yeah, whatever. No, you practice how you play, and if you practice like trash, you're going to go out there and play like trash. That's a fact, mm-hmm. and we saw that. Adam Gaze practices, awful, playing like trash when we got out there on the field. Setting the tone as a leader of this football team, which is what Sulla is, setting the tone as, you know, uh, the, the guy that's going to be, that, that, uh, that, that is at the head of this football team, setting the standard as the head of this football team as well is extremely important. Hey, look, you're not getting it done. You're coming out of water breaks. The, the energy is kind of lackluster. Pump it back up and get it together. You know what I'm saying? And that's yep. what the guy did. And the, guy, and the great thing is the players responded. That shows you that they respect them. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I loved it. I love that. But my final question for you, Steve, because you're calling in with the heat, man. Give me your thoughts about what we're seeing so far at camp from Denzel Mims, man. This guy's looking phenomenal. How are you feeling about him? No, listen, Denzel Mims, I will admit this, Denzel Mims has looked good. Good, Joe, and well, I even saw him in practice, too, and I saw, like, how he was doing. But but the thing is, Joe, I'm still not 100% sure if he is going to make the final roster because as of right now, he has been playing with the third-string offense because that's what mm-hmm. I saw when I camp on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, we'll see. Again, he, so, he, he in my mind, Joe, is other, probably that number five wide receiver, man. Yeah, and the other thing is also, too, Joe, is, you know, Zach Wilson looks so much better at throwing the ball, and he's making also yeah. much better decisions. Let me tell you, I like I like the um, – I especially like um, the way how Zach's been handling the ball. And the best part is, Joe, when Breeze Hall gets his hand on the ball – the whole Jets crouch said, breathe the whole entire day every time he got his hand on the ball. 
And that's something that we could be seeing in, in a lot of home games this year. But, you, yeah. know, but, you know, the thing is, Joe, and tomorrow's obviously the green and white practice, which I'll be attending tomorrow yep. night. So I'll get to see the yep. team again at MetLife tomorrow. Yeah, and that's you know, and, and we'll we'll talk about that as the as the uh, as the uh, program continues on. But yeah, look, seeing Zach Wilson really go out there, spin the ball the way that he's been spinning, it's looking phenomenal. Again, the work in the red zone has gotten better. But listen, Steve, I got to slide off now. Listen, Steve, calling in. Uh, you know, he's got to get a new phone, man. He's got to, you know, I don't know what service plan he's with what's going on here but they got to clean it up all right uh, you gotta come on whoever steve's service provider is from joe to you you guys got to get it together i like talking to steve and you guys are making it tough all right so we'll get back to these lines again five one five one five six zero two nine six three nine five one five six zero two nine six three nine is the number call in we're taking all callers we're getting to everybody salute to the savages in the chat let me tell y'all how savage this is we just got done talking about steve and his, you know, phone issues. NY Jets FL says uh, Steve needs to, Steve needs two cans and a string. That's what he's calling in on. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's NY. So direct your issues to him. I'm just saying, it's savage, man. It's savage around here. Nobody is safe, man. <laughs> Man, this boy's a bunch of damn savages, man. <laughs> We're going to get back to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is number. Call in. Please, when you call in, make sure your phone is good, okay? Do not call me from the bottom of a Coupe de Ville, all right? I need to be able to hear you, all right? So now we're going to the lines again. 813, 813, we're coming directly to you. Give me your name, your number. <laughs> Give me your name and where you're from. You're looking like a new caller. Uh, a will come to you next. 646 will come to you next. 813, how you doing? Give me your name, uh, where you're from, and give me your thoughts on Zach Wilson, the way he's looked. Hey, Joe. This is Mike. I've called you before. I changed my number. I moved down to Tampa. So I'm a oh, Jets okay. fan in Tampa. Yeah. All right. Look, so good that you're in Tampa. I hope you enjoy yourself. Yeah, bright and sunny with palm trees. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's all um, about, man. That's what it's all about. Give me your thoughts on, uh, yeah. on Zach, man. Okay. Well, from what everyone's saying, and I've been listening to a few other, uh, you know, podcasts and stuff, it's, it's, I really look at uh, Zach Wilson not from the first, not from his stats from last year, especially mm-hmm. – the first half. The first, it's like going to college. You, you, you screw up your first year and you get D's and F's, and then all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, oh, you, you start acing the next three semesters, and you're lucky if you can get a B minus, right? You can ace the whole thing, but what you established in the beginning is what that New England game with the four interceptions. I mean, it just killed all the stats. So you have to really look at him from – the last five games or last seven games and look at, look at his stats. And even the last two games, especially against the, the Bucks, you know, he had no, no receivers. Yeah. You know, he's with the, you know, third, fourth string receivers, you know, and then even, even against the, uh, the Bills, you know, you, you're playing with an offensive line with, uh, what's the guy's name? 69 McCormick out there. 
He was getting sacked constantly and under pressure constantly. And, you know, yeah. we ended up at least getting a touchdown. But, you know, we start to, to hold, hold them on defense. So that's the Zach Wilson that I'm looking at. And then I'm not going to be shocked when he excels. Uh, I remember the gentleman before me was mentioning about uh, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore in the beginning of last year was doing great in camp. Then he hurt his quad. And then when yep. Zach Wilson was playing first game, you know, he's going to rely on, first of all, he doesn't know the offense that great. He's seeing the NFL speed game the first time. He didn't play that bad against the Panthers. But the thing is, if you ever look at the film, especially if you uh, – Joe blew it when he goes through his uh, uh, film studies. He shows you that Elijah mm-hmm. Moore is constantly he was constantly open in that game, and he wasn't even thrown to him. Or if he was, again, he's a rookie. He's going to be nervous. He dropped a pass or two. You know, and as the, the year went on, if you saw him in the Philadelphia game and whatever. He was catching everything. His hands were like glue. Look at, mm-hmm. look at him against Miami. You know, Miami was scared. They couldn't, they mm-hmm. couldn't stop him. But, yeah. you know, that, that's, what, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what's going to happen in the beginning of this year. So when you look at the Jets, you've got to look at them from the second half of the year and then look at how he managed the games, how he was making decisions much quicker and better, going through his positions. And the thing is, again, no tight ends. So, you know, you're looking at it now. You've got tight ends. You've got Azuma. You've got the uh, Conklin, right? Rucker, Rucker doesn't have to perform. He can wait till half a year mm-hmm. before he really gets into it. And he's going to be a devastating blocker. And he has hands. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going you're gonna to mm-hmm. find a – another weapon midway through the season and go, oh, my gosh, look at what we're doing. And, you know, he was always there. But he didn't have yeah. to be pressured. And and Brees Hall during the uh, draft period, I was all over him. I wanted him from the start. He is, when he was in uh, Iowa State, he had no offensive line. And all this guy does is score touchdowns. 25 touchdowns Man. a year yeah. with nobody. Yeah. With the line. Yeah. Imagine now he's back then and Tomlin. Come on, guys. He's going to run rampant. I wouldn't be surprised if he, the first game he gets, a, a, you know, 185 yards combined with with receiving yeah. and two touchdowns. That would not be ever yeah, in and, the realm of. Yeah, and Mike, I'm telling you, you, you're going down a great path here. You're talking about Brees. I think Brees is going to be phenomenal, but I also think that there's a lot of people not talking about Michael Carter as well. You talked about, you know, some of the things that we have now yeah. offensively, things are changing around. Listen, Michael Carter last season was running around with nobody being able to open a hole up front, and he was still gaining yards here and there. He was. There was, there was a lot of times where, honestly, he was handed the ball. He should have taken maybe a one- to two-yard loss, and he turned it into a one- and two-, maybe three-yard gain. We also saw him coming out the back foot as well, catching the football effectively. That was huge, too, for us. He won us games doing that stuff. So I think that the running game being uh, – the running game being – uh, you know, better this upcoming season is definitely going to bode well for Zach Wilson too, because that kind of eases the pressure off of him. Because again, I think that's why the Jets were so easy to defend last season. It was, hey, you just stack the box; they can't run. You send everything in the kitchen sink at Zach Wilson, and you just smash him. And that's what we saw. That's why he got hurt uh, against yeah. the Patriots. That, that's yeah. literally what they did. I mean, and every week it was like that from week one until he got hurt because we saw the Panthers do that. The Panthers lit him up. Hassan Riddick and uh, I forgot the uh, Burns, I think it was, was just just having their way with us consistently. Yeah. And it was because that's exactly yeah. what the game plan was. So go ahead. And the line would protect, the line wouldn't protect them. They wouldn't, you know, if he got knocked nope. down, they wouldn't get pissed at the other team. 
which is something different nope. because Tomlinson's but he's doing, saying things like that, like, hey, we got you, blah, blah. So he's establishing an attitude. But to get back mm-hmm. to, to Carter and, and during his draft was what was he known for? He was known for getting extra yards, getting hit from behind the line or whatever it was, and making those extra mm-hmm. yards and having great And that's exactly what you got when he came to the pros. What you're going to get from Brees Hall is exactly what he did in college. All he does is score yeah. touchdowns and you're going to be that. Now, the thing is that what I'm happy about is not taking anything away from Michael Carter. I thought he was great. The issue is he's a little too small. He's not, he can't handle the everyday load, every down load. He can't do that because well, you thought I, he got, I don't, I don't, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't the, think that's, I don't think that's necessarily true though, because we saw him handle the load last season. Now, again, we are in a run first oh, offense. And I want to remind yeah. everybody of that because I've gone back and forth with a lot of Jets fans who think for some reason we're, we're the Saints now. They think we're going to, no. you know, <laughs> we're like the Rams, we're the old Rams, the greatest show on turf or something. We're not that. Yeah. Okay, we are no. run-first offense. I do think that Michael Carter would be able to carry the rock, but, again, I think it's tough to really, you know, I think it's tough for me when I hear a lot of people say that because we had an offensive line that wasn't opening anything up last year. So how can you discount exactly. him? Well, I'm telling you, go, when we go back and we watch those games, they weren't opening anything, nothing. And he no. was the only guy that was really moving the rock like that. Like I said, I think he's, he's the only 100-yard rusher, single 100-yard rusher we had the whole year. So yeah. and the thing I, is, I think Michael Carter can carry the load. But, again, because this system is all about being kind of a, uh, a multi-back system, we see it with the Niners. We're running the same thing. The Niners are the same thing. They run a Marriott of running backs. They got a bunch of guys. Right, I think that we'll see that this year, and that one-two punch is going to be huge. But go ahead and give me your thoughts on that, and also give me your thoughts on uh, Denzel Mims and the performance that we've seen out of him in camp so far, too. To, fin- to finish with uh, Michael Carter, I agree with you 100%. And the great thing about Michael Carter and Brees Hall together is you're going to get the same production. So if one comes in, you're not going to say, oh, okay, this is definitely a run. You're not going to pass him. He doesn't really have hands like Ty Johnson. This guy mm-hmm. is horrible. But now when you you switch Brees Hall and, and Michael Carter, you're going to get the same type of production. They both have great hands. They both break tackles. They both run, mm-hmm. you know, and now you can run the full myriad of, of uh, plays, offensive running plays, and there's no change. Yep. There's no what we can key on. That's what's, that's what's great about the two, okay, is that, you know what, I have the full playbook at, at hand. And, yeah. that, and, and it still run the same play. So that, that's the yeah. great thing. It's just that it was too much of a load for him because then they leaned too much on him because the rest of the guys were not that great, <laughs> to, say the, yeah. to say the least. And Ben Roten on the, on the line, which got Beck and Hurt, please. That was a <laughs> oh my day. God. Yeah. So, but I am so glad that he is gone, Mike. I'm telling you, yeah. if there's one guy that I'm glad is not on this team, you know, Greg Van Roten was – Terrible, man. I'm talking awful. He was terrible. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Now, with men, you know, looking at how they looked at the draft and and try to analyze Joe Douglas, which is difficult, and he's doing a great job building this team. He had to really rip it down and and build a whole new foundation. Um, Mm -hmm. Would you look at, uh, you know, look at next year. You got Corey Davis on his last year. Right, well, and he typically gets hurt. Thank God he got his surgery, and hopefully that surgery that they were saying is going to alleviate other things that he had wrong with him for the year. Um, if you if you start having injuries, 
then MIMS is an asset to keep. Okay. Mm. But if you're not, say your 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 receiving core next year is Corey Davis for the extra year. You have Wilson, you have Elijah Moore, you still have uh Berrios and whether whether or not Jeff Smith or whomever else is on the uh on the team, can you get away with those three or four? Rather than the five well, including my- them. And then to get the guy from Chicago, the offensive tackle, uh, he, he is Tevin Jenkins. He's a good tackle. Yeah, Tevin Jenkins. Yep. I looked at him. Well, here, here, here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing with Tevin Jenkins, and I've gone back and forth with a lot of people about him, uh, and about uh, trading for him. And, 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 I, and I, here, here's the deal: is that I don't think that we should be looking to trade Denzel Mims unless it's for something like really significant, right? I don't think we should be looking to move on from Denzel Mims because we have three or four solid wide receivers because we saw our, our wide receiver court get, you know, uh, you know, hit with injuries last season and there was mm-hmm. nobody for Zach to throw to, right? So why not have five good guys if you could? And, again, at his best, and we're seeing it in camp, at his best, Mims is a guy that can honestly challenge to be the Jets' number one wide receiver or number two wide receiver. We've seen that. So – why give that guy away, first off? Second off, a lot of people talk about Tevin Jenkins. I like Tevin coming out in the draft I did. But there's a lot of question marks about him, and there's a lot of questions as to why all of a sudden talk about him being available. And no one's discussing that. There's talks about That's him being – there's, there's talks about his weight being an issue. There's talks about him having maturity issues. That he, you know, there's, Again, these are rumors that are swirling that – there's talks about him having maturity issues that, and, and injury issues as well. So it's like, why would we do that? We already, quote, unquote, had that issue with Makai Beckton. Remember everybody was going off on Makai about weight issues yeah. and injuries yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like, what, what, what exactly are we bringing him in here for? For what reason? There's, listen, I understand, you know, backup tackles and stuff like that. There's guys on the free agency list that we can go after. But I'm not looking to trade a guy that we took in the second round that, yeah, he had a down year last year, but we know he has ability. He's starting to show that ability, and now that he's showing it, and we're like, well, we got four good guys, let's just move on from you. Why? Why do that? Because guess what? And I tell everybody, it's not Madden. One of those guys are going to not be on the field at some point. Maybe Corey Davis needs a blow. Maybe Elijah Moore is getting tired. Well, let's put Mims out there. Now you've got to cover a fresh Denzel Mims, who's unbelievably athletic. Good luck with that. Or let's put all five of those guys on the field at the exact same time. No, I agree with Pick you. Pick your poison. I agree with you. Pick your poison. You know well, what I'm saying? So that, that's, that's my mindset there. I'll yeah, let you get you the last word. Go ahead. Yeah, you have a plethora of, of talent right now. And it, it, mm-hmm. we haven't had that in a long time. So you look yep. at that and you say, hey, you know what? Let's try to, you know, start playing with different pieces and stuff like that. And it's, it's a nice way to think about it, but – you're right. It, it, it's more beneficial for us to keep him and see how he develops. And the other thing, too, is that you also have another year of all this nutritional and the medical uh, staff that they brought on last year. And you're already seeing mm-hmm. the wonders with, with Beckton and everybody else. So you're getting a totally, guys, you're getting a totally different team and a totally different attitude. And you can't look at it just from stats. I hate, I hate to say it, but, you know, stats are nice. But it, it doesn't tell you everything that's going to happen because it's the human element that you're no. forgetting, and that and yeah. that's what's yeah. going to dictate. You know? Yeah, yeah, it is. 
But listen, Mike, I got to slide off. Listen, I want to thank yeah. you for calling in. I want to hear from you more often, though, Mike. I want to hear from you a bit more yeah. often. You're, you're a good caller, man. All right. Good to hear you, Joe. All right. You have a good one, my friend. Listen, Mike calling in with some mistake, man. We're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Please give the stream a thumbs up. Subscribe if you have not subscribed. Share the stream with your friends and your family. You want to give to the platform, the Super Chat's there. If you don't want to hit the Super Chat, the Cash App's at the bottom of the screen. Anything you give to the platform is greatly appreciated. You know what I'm saying? Salutes to everybody. Salutes to everybody watching, everybody coming on by, man. This is, this is great. GVH in the chat salutes to the Savage, said it was hard to run with Van Roten and a rookie at the interior line position. Didn't help that no lineman stood up for that. Yeah, he's talking that talk. He's telling the truth. I'm telling you. This, this running game is going to be something different this season. So we're getting back to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Taking all callers. Next, I'm going to my guy A. My guy A is on the line. Listen, salute to you, A. I want to thank you for calling in. It's always good to hear from you. A, give me your thoughts about this defense, man. We got Kwan Alexander on the field now with us. We got Carl Lawson back beasting. How are you feeling about this, man? Long Beach, what's up, bro? What's good? What's going on a long time? All right. For the first time in a long time, we seem to have a little bit of an embarrassment of riches. I didn't think there was coming. Finally, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got some guys, man. How are you feeling about Carl Lawson, man? He's out there after that injury. Right? We were hoping that, you know, he would take it easy. Bro, he's going out there and just blowing people off the line. Like, he's constantly being reported as being in Zach's face. He almost had two, maybe more, two or more sacks, you know, would have been sacks just today in practice. It's like, how are you feeling about this guy just recovering from that injury, coming back, and looking the way that he's looked? That's Super Saiyan Goku. That's what he does. He takes his head to be ready to go. <laughs> Come on. How did we expect anything less? We knew that was happening. As soon as he was on Flight 2020 watching anime, I said, oh, this guy's out of his mind. Oh, he doesn't he don't know what to unleash. He's going to be up to the mountains like a, and stuff. Yeah, he, he looks, looks like, like an anime actor. character. Yeah, yeah he looks, he looks like, like an anime actor. character. It's crazy. It is crazy right. the way he looks, man. He's, he's just jacked. It's insane. But I'm excited about him and what he's bringing to the table and the pressure. But I tell you what, K1 Alexander now being on the roster is exciting, too, because that shores up that – that weak side linebacker spot, and we also saw him come in and have an immediate impact. He's going out there and really hitting guys in training camp. How are you feeling about this linebacking court now that he's here? It, it, it gave me a side relief. I'm glad J.D. pulled the trigger on him, you know, because now we've got some versatility. We can kind of match up a little bit better. So, like, our first week is Lamar Jackson. That's going to be a problem. So, you know, we, we just mm-hmm. go 4 two, 5 and we have M.C. Carter out there, M.C. 2 out there, but, you know, running down, you know, the Ravens like to run down your throat. So now we can go to a true four three, you know, and my fantasy is you actually kind of put Quan uh, where MC is at the, like, you know, over the slot and maybe have like um, uh, uh, Quincy Nelson spy Lamar. So my mm. fantasy is Quentin up the middle, Carl Lawson come out, uh, uh, Carl Lawson around the edge. As soon as Lamar try to escape, what does Quincy William do? Well, he always do, Joe. He takes heads completely clean off. Yep. So I'm yep. looking for him to start the bars. So, you know, 
Exactly. Exactly. So first and second down, you have Quincy Spy-Lamar, then you can bring MC2 when it's during the long, and then you can unleash the dogs. You can put, kick JFM into the inside, have Jermaine Johnson and Carlos on the outside. This thing could be really wicked. I just hope yep. that, you know, uh, uh, that uh, Rob Sala, you know, pulls those levers, you know, plays with this sort of, uh, 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 the mixes and matches, you know what I'm saying? It's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmy and Joe's. And we got some Jim, good Jimmy and Joe's. I'm hoping our coaches have, hey. will we'll unleash those dogs, though. You got to unleash them, you know? Talk, I mean, talk have, to have, him, have, that, talk to have that NASCAR package. Have that NASCAR package. So, I mean, yeah. Ravens want to go first and second, right? You put you put JF, JFM, uh, 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 Quentin Williams, um, uh-huh. see, I don't know who he really, uh, 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 Carl Lawson, and, I mean, I don't, whoever else can be in an interior line, whether it be, well, I'm talking about run down first. Run, run down first. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Run down first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like JFM, actually, as an end on rundowns. He's like that big end, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. when you force him to turn along, you can kick him inside playing that three technique, God help you trying to block him as a guard trying to block him, and then have Jermaine Johnson, Carl Lawson, Quentin Williams get him. Oh, we going hunting. Yep. We eating quarterbacks for dinner, lunch, and breakfast. Man, and we ain't even talking about, you know, Michael Clemens as well, a guy that can really put some things together too. So, man, this, this oh, yeah. line is beastly. It is beastly. Oh, yeah. And there's so many battles going on as well as we continue throughout camp. I want to get your thoughts on this, man, because I know we're talking about the front half with – you know, Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, you, you talked about, uh, you know, Brian JFM, Huff, Jacob Martin, Benny Curry. You, you keep man, it going. Man, so many guys, so many guys. Uh, Jake, like I'll back up for starters. Well. Yeah, Sheldon Rankins. Like, there's so many guys. But let's talk about this secondary, though, bro. I want you Ooh. to give me your thoughts about this battle between Sauce and Bryce Hall, man. All right? Listen, that boy Sauce, he's something else. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, he's something else. He's Give me your thoughts about this battle because there's a lot of talk about you know that they're going back and forth. And again, we know that they're rotating through that first team defense. How are you feeling about it, man? I love it. I love it. Dogs breed dogs. It's not iron sharper dying. Dogs breed dogs. So I think they're gonna bring the best out of each other. You know, and it's nice to know that if DJ Reed gets mixed up or Sauce gets mixed up, we got we got Bryce Halls and Brandon Echoes who already kind of went through the wars. Right there in the back. So we got versatility. We got we got death after Wazoo. So and that's how you build good teams, you know. I, I you know everyone yep. talk about oh yeah we should trade we should trade Hall now. Uh, did we not know that we just have a rash of injuries? Like you know, did we not realize that like half our secondary walked walked out the bench yesterday and and and, and like broke a rib or or, or tore an ACL? Like we never go through that again. Don't trade really nice things. Yeah. Death is called death for a reason. So you know mm-hmm. I think Sauce is probably gonna win out. But I think Hall deserves to be a starter, too. So, I mean, you know, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And now I want to go to the over to the offense with you really quickly, man. There's been a lot of talk about things that we're seeing over there, man. This Zach Wilson, he's been a little up and down, but these last couple of practices looked really good. He's worked really well in the red zone. Give me your thoughts about him, man. How are you feeling about he's, how he's looked in camp so far? Well, you know, so far, unfortunately to me, Zach has been consistently inconsistent. So, you know, once mm. we once we find him, once he plays at his top tier, I think he's as good as anybody. But uh, you know, there's still mm. reports from camp. He's like still, uh, um, um, you know, doing you know throwing worm feeders where he's under throwing receivers and he's going in the ground. Uh, you know, not able to hit certain screen passes. And then the next series, 
he rolls out and with a flick of wrist hits him for the eight fifty on bomb. So it's like, you know, yep. if we can get that guy playing within the schedule of offense, you know, I, I heard that he's reading quicker, uh, 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 the ball come out a little bit faster, but just sometimes where, you know, he, he, it, he's still holding on ball too long, so he's still having an inconsistency, and this whole office is going to go as he goes. And, um, you yeah. know, I don't talk about Carl Lawson, and he's a beast, but it seems to be a lot of people eating, like a lot of people getting sacked. Like Vinny Curry got a sack. Jabari Zaniga, who yeah. I didn't even know he was still alive, got a sack. Um, so it's like eight little dudes who got a sack. So it's, it's all coming from the tackles. So, you know, if one or two guys yeah. are eating, I get it. But now we got five, six, seven, eight guys eating. Are we that good or do we have problems? That's what I want to ask yeah. you. Yeah. So, well, you know, you know we, we again, have to see. Before, this was before, okay, before pads, you know, defense generally will win up front before you put the pads on. But even after the pads, like you said as well, we're seeing Carl Lawson eat in. We're seeing other guys eating as well, getting sacks. Now, I will say this. The the backup O-line is awful. And you look at Connor McDermott, yeah. he comes in, he immediately gives up a sack. So, you know, know why these, these, those, those guys are not the starters, right? But I think it's going to take a little bit of time for the for the line to gel a bit. Again, um, you know, there there has been some good moments. There has been some bad moments, you know. But, again, our, our – our offensive line is going to be okay. I think they're going to be near the top of the league. But I just think our defensive line is just beastly. Just beastly, man. And, again, we still got a lot of moving parts. We got Beckton moving over to the right side. You got ATV on the right side. You know, guys are still kind of getting used to what's going on here. And that's where my next question comes for you is give me your thoughts about Beckton being moved to right tackle. This happened after the last show that we had. No competition. He's over there. He's competing. There's a lot of people getting after him because, again, he's still getting himself back into football shape. What are your thoughts about what we've seen out there with him just going out there, running well through the drills and doing his thing? I think it was the right move. If I can say one more thing real quick, Tom McDermott, I'm going to trade him for a bag of footballs. I don't even know why he's still on the, on the team. <laughs> but that's my man, Beckton. I think it was the right move. In my opinion, you got two quality left tackles on our team. So I think, in my opinion, Sutter didn't move Beckton to the right side because he was down on the left. I think he was because Fant was been on the left. When he went to right tackle, he got he got exposed against um, the Panthers. You know what I'm saying? So he wasn't a good right tackle. Um, so just put him at where he excels. Don't fit the square peg into the round hole. If he does better on the left hand side, he, 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 he great as one of the top ten left tackles. So put Fant over there. You know, um, yeah. Beckton Beckton. Played right tackle at Louisville. He did play some right tackle at Louisville. He has ideal right tackle size, and then he paired him up with you know uh, uh, um, he him up with um, ABT, and you know hopefully we get the quote unquote Smash Brothers. They called themselves that before they ran one one play, but you know hopefully we actually <laughs> see that, and, um, and 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 it comes to fruition. So I think I think it was a good move. Um, I wish they didn't say right off the back, oh, we're going to have a competition. Well, you know you weren't going to have a competition. Just call it is. You know, you have people think that they're going to compete. But I think it's the right thing to do is to get the chemistry now. I'm on the right side. You're on the left side. We have everyone where they're going to be. Let's start to gel together. And hopefully we can do that because um, um, if, if McDermott, you know, Fant needs to get in there because I think he only had like three reps. And suppose we had those three reps. Uh, Wilson did well, you know, so we see what it is. But when, when Fant's not in there, He's running for his life, and it's probably because the players coming off you know, McDermott or Adola's side. So you know, yeah. we need we need, a, we need yeah. another tackle. You know, and there's some guys out there. You got Darren Williams, you got Eric Fisher, you got Dwayne Brown. You know, some some veteran yeah. guys 
You could probably put the arm around like Beckton, who supposedly is immature. I don't think so, but people say that he's immature because you know he'll clap back at Rich Samini when he talks all his mess. Um, you know the big butt well, show, I, which I, I like. I, I think that's motivation. Hold on, a, hold on a second, a. I don't. I will say uh-huh. this. I will say this about him getting back at Rich Samini. Now I'm, I'm I'm just being fair. Now what Rich Samini did, okay, really quickly. Rich, so, so when they first announced that right tackle stuff, that they were moving Beckton to right tackle. There was not going to be a competition. They didn't want these guys, you know, going back and mixing each other up between their spots, right? So I was said during that conference, Beckton's days at left tackle are not over. He said Absolutely. In OT, capital letters, over. That's right. Rich Samini reported that Sulla said that Beckton's days at left tackle are over. That's what he reported. They're over, right? So he did that. He's a jerk. <laughs> and He's I'm a jerk. sure that I'm sure that Beckton saw that. And he, I know that him and Rich have gone back and forth, or maybe Rich has rubbed him the wrong way before. And I felt like that really pushed him over the edge because there was even fans that went off about it. Again, I respect all Jets beat, all Jets media. I have no issues with anyone. But right after that is when Beckton started clapping back at him. That's when he started to go at Rich like crazy. I mean, not like crazy. He doesn't go off on him constantly, but he started responding to him in particular. So I think that yeah. that's what set him off, was like, you're reporting that he said my left tackle days are done when they're not done, and he said that they're not done, and you're just doing that. You know what I'm saying? And, again, there were also right. certain people that was constantly reporting that he, you know, was on, could be on the move, he was but all that stuff, you know, you're overweight, out of shape, you're 400 pounds, all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So right. I think that all of that has gotten to him. I'm not saying that Rich did those things. I'm just saying all of that's gotten to him, and I think that that's what really upset him with Rich Samini. So go ahead. So I did no, and I think these people are out of their mind, you know, because he could be a left tackle mm-hmm. next year. If it has a bad year, his contract isn't guaranteed. They didn't extend his contract yet. So if they lose fed, they're going to have to put Beckton over there, you know. Corey Davis yeah. is another guy. His doctor is not guaranteed. They told him, oh, trade Denzel Williams. Are you out of your mind? If he gets hurt, yeah. he's the next prototype yeah, big Denzel back. Yeah. And we, right, uh, he's the best prototype big wide receiver we have. And we're a run-first oriented team. So when you want to break, break these 20-yard-plus explosive runs, it's when you block it at a third level. Those receivers are blocking. Who's the best blocker we got? I'm sorry, it's not Elijah Moore. He's 5'9", 185 pounds now. I heard he put on some muscle. But Denzel Mims, he's 6'3". He's a beast. He's going he's gonna to spring that back. So why are we trading him? You know, why, why wouldn't we have him yeah. as a red zone threat? Let, let Elijah yeah. Moore, Brandon Berrios, all our small, quick guys give us in between the 20s. When we're 20s below, we go play jump ball with C.J. Uh, Moza, Conklin, and, and Mims. We got a basketball team yeah. out there in the 20 yards. Why are we trading out of the way? makes no sense to me. I don't look. I've gone back and forth. A lot of Jets fans that <laughs> want to get rid of Denzel Mims if he performs as well as we all hope, and I'm just I'm saying that the same way. Why are we getting rid of this guy? If one, we saw us get decimated with injuries. There's a lot of things that he can do, you know, that can really help this football team offensively. And if he turns out to be that guy, man, he's one of the guys that can honestly push to be our number one or number two wide receiver because of the size and because of everything else. We saw the catch radius when he was with Sam. There was times when Sam yeah. was throwing balls at him and was like, there's no way he should catch that. And he would just jump up, catch it, or, or you know, extend out and catch the football. I remember he made a catch along the sidelines one time, and it was crazy. Oh, yeah, one-handed. One-handed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, one handed catching, all kinds of stuff. And we were like, what in the world is happening? And coming out of that first season, we were like, man, we might have something in Denzel Mims, and now people want to get rid of him. And I don't get it because depth in this league matters. Not everybody's going to go through the season and be fully healthy. We saw that. We've been bitten by that bug. I don't want to live through that. But before I let you go, A, because you've been bringing some heat, man, really quickly, give me your thoughts about Coach Sulla, man. Stop in practice and addressing the lack of energy that he saw within some of the guys and the team responding to him. Give me your thoughts about that and how you think that could affect this football team going forward as far as setting a standard of play. I like it. That's what he does. That's what we want. We want a CEO leader. We had the offensive guru, which was Adam Gase, right? He only coached one side of the team. You know, we had the rest of the top bowls. He only coached one side of the team. I like a guy who calls together the whole team and says, look, I'm taking the whole temperature. I'm calling the CEO stuff. You know, this is not working. And the guy that should respond to them, you know, they tuned out Adam Gase like halfway through the season. You know, they were dead, they were yeah. dead, um, you know, they were dead in the war with Adam Gase. So, you know, to know yeah. that we have a guy who's actually going to – and lead by example, this guy is jacked. He's running stairs pregame. You know what I'm saying? That's a guy, you know, you, you want a leader who's going to lead by example, and that's what we got. So, I mean, everything mm-hmm. – we have the potential to be very good. On paper, we're, we're paper champions right now. You know, we have mm-hmm. everything we need to hopefully get it done on, field, on, on the field. You know, so I think it's, I think it's really rest on um, Zach Wilson, you know, if he takes that lead. And um and Salah, if he can make those adjustments. Uh, did you hear about him actually doing the halftime where he actually practiced halftime adjustments? I mean, that's next level stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's he's good doing stuff. That too. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And, that's and good that, stuff. That, I've never heard of that before. That this is a, we got a <laughs> we haven't had a, a decent coach in a long time. <laughs> I no, won't say not that. There's been a, there's been a train wreck. You know, we just talked. We talked about bowls. We talked about Adam Gaines. Oh boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, no, I'm praying I dumped Those him. Tough yeah. Yes, sir. We, we've been through dark ages. We've been through dark ages. I'm hoping I du- – it builds character being a Jet fan. I'm hoping we I, yeah. I, I'm hoping we have to dump the fire ages. I really hope so. Yeah, absolutely. But listen, hey, I got to slide off, man. I want to thank you for calling in. Listen, I want to hear from you more often, man. We definitely go back and forth, but definitely call into the show more often. I want to hear from you, all right? All right, my guy. Be blessed. All right, you have a good one. Listen, A calling in with some takes, man. Let's go. Listen, salutes to all the savages in the chat. This has been a great show. You know what I'm saying? We had it all. We had takes. We had, uh, you know, phone issues. We had, uh, you know, going back and forth. We want to trade people. We want to keep people. We want to do it all. You know what I'm saying? This is what I do it for. I love this team, and I love talking about it. Uh, with everybody and sharing my thoughts. Salute to all the savages in the chat. Again, NYJetsFL says, great show, Joe. Salute. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Also, Jet Knight says, uh, LBJ should link up with Jets Guru. Listen, any Jets content creator that is out there, all right, I'm very easy to work with. You want to hit me up, let's go back and forth and make it happen. I've said this constantly, you know, unless you crazy, crazy, all right, I don't, you know, unless you just off the wall crazy and you're doing crazy stuff, I love talking football with everybody, and uh, if my schedule allows it, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm all about, you know, going back and forth with, you know, my brothers and sisters that are wearing that Jets jersey, you know what I'm saying, and talking football. And even those of you that don't wear Jets jerseys, I've definitely talked to people uh, that don't wear Jets jerseys. I love talking to everyone about football and about this football team. Very easy to hit up, hit me in my social media, anything like that. So we're going to go ahead and close up the show now. 
It's been a phenomenal show. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. Your boy's also on Twitter as well, YoungJ000. Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. All times. All time. Elijah Vera Tucker, one of the best guards in the league. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Jets fan. It's big facts. Okay? Not only that, but he's a USC guy. I'm just saying, fight on. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Right? If you want a good guard, if you want a good lineman, draft one from USC. That's all I'm saying. All right? Get it done. So he'll be down there. I'll be down there. You want to troll us? Come on down, and we'll troll you right back. Show's page on Twitter as well. It's at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe. Go ahead and follow the show page as well. We can go back and forth. I'm also on YouTube as well. We do the live shows on YouTube. Come on by. All right? Get on YouTube. Search Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. You can watch the shows live. If you want to troll me, no issues. Get in the comments, troll me, and I'll go back and forth with you, all right? But come on by and watch. And as always, people, when you see me in person, no matter where you see me, all right, and you will see me, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. The hugs will cost you absolutely nothing. No matter what anyone says, the hugs will always remain free. I want to thank everyone for listening, everyone for calling in. I appreciate you folks. I am nothing without you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen and call into the show. All right? I'll see you folks in the next show. You folks have a good one. Peace.